Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This relationship, I feel like it has really pulled the rug out from under me. I've had a harder time letting go. I've had a harder time reconciling in myself, like, oh my gosh, my mom has been married five times. Is that the trajectory I'm on? Like, am I ever going to heal this? Am I worthy of marriage and having, you know, a person that loves me and is available to me? Those are the things that I question. I'm Deanna Farron, a licensed marriage and family therapist. This is a show where I speak with anonymous guests every week about challenges they're facing. I'm the author of the national best-selling book, The Origins of You, which explores how to break family patterns so that you can liberate the way you live and love. I hope what you hear today helps you as you go through your own journey. Our guests are anonymous. Names and other personally identifiable details within their stories may be changed or excluded. Conversations with participants are limited consultations. This podcast is not a substitute for therapy, medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. It is for informational purposes only. Beth is afraid of following in her mother's marriage footsteps. Her mother was married five times, and Beth finds herself contemplating a third divorce. You might notice that Beth is unclear about what she's actually trying to resolve, but if you hang with it, we get somewhere really powerful. Beth gets lost in her storytelling. In my book, The Origins of You, I talk about how factual storytelling can be a distraction away from connecting to how we really feel. It's easy to get lost in the details and miss out on connecting with self, which, in this case, is quite appropriate for the goal that Beth doesn't even know she needs to set. She's clear that others have been emotionally unavailable for her, but she's not clear how much she has engaged in that with herself. By the end of our conversation, Beth recognizes that she's been operating within the framework that in order to have a relationship with someone else, she must disconnect from feeling her own pain. I am currently separated from my husband, and um, this is my third marriage. If I can look back at each of the men partners that I've been with, they've all not been emotionally available to me. So my current husband and I, we met online. 
We started dating and our courtship went really quick. And we started dating in December of 2016 and we got married December 2017. I felt so good about this relationship and I knew there would be challenges. I also recognized that he would put his head in the sand a little bit about some things that came up, whether it was parenting or things we should talk about together, him making decisions without me being a part of that, even when we were engaged. I mean, just some big things, purchasing cars, doing, you know, just stuff like that, that I felt should be at least a conversation. And we got married and things seemed to be really good at first. But then I started recognizing, it's just interesting, like he would come, he was one of the happiest people I've ever known. But what I came to realize is that happy person was really just a front. There was a lot going on for him that he hid from me. And I'm a very intuitive person. I can pick up on people's energy. You know, I just felt like there was something going on that he wasn't telling me, but I tried to give him the benefit of the doubt. But there was a lot, a lot of financial stuff going on. We never really combined anything. It was like my current therapist says when we married, it was like we just got married, like for the certificate, right? Because we continued to live our lives as very independent people. We never combined and fully had what I thought would be our marriage. It just kind of progressed. What I learned was that he really showed his ideal self to me, which you know we all do when in a new relationship, but he never revealed the things that he was going through. And I wanted that from him. And I would beg him to share that with me. And then it just got to this point where I was, I felt like I was having to ask him for anything, everything, any type of vulnerability. I don't know. When you talk about emotional availability, how would you describe that? Because you've said, you know, you've been with three partners and, and maybe even more in terms of dating, but you've been married three times and it sounds like each time, right? You haven't felt like there has been an availability to mm -hmm. your partner's emotions. And so, yeah, I'm curious how you would describe that when you say that your husband now put his best foot forward first, right? Mm -hmm. So would you say that he presented emotionally available to start and then things started to shift? Or did you feel like you were kind of negotiating and trying to find ways to make it okay, even though it wasn't actually there in the first place? Yeah. Tell mm -hmm. me a little bit about how you've experienced that. So I felt that he was emotionally available at first. I think looking back, that's more of kind of the initial like relationship, just that honeymoon period, right? And I think by the time we had eased into the real work of a relationship, we were already married. So I feel like I missed that opportunity. I think I was so happy to have met him and we were going to combine our lives and our families. And so I think just in the excitement of all of that, I really missed this deeper part that was really important to me. And then it just felt like I was repeating the same pattern, just a different guy. The biggest difference between him and my second husband, my second husband was very verbally and emotionally abusive. You knew when he was upset, but with my partner, it was all hidden. 
but I still felt like the same way that I felt in my second marriage with the verbal and emotional abuse. Mm-hmm. I was feeling those same things internally, even with a partner that wasn't saying mean things to me or wasn't lashing out. Yeah. It sounds like you still experienced a betrayal, even though the betrayal was packaged really differently. Yes, absolutely. I would bring up that I felt like we needed to go to therapy. We needed help. And he was responsive. But like I think the most we ever went was maybe four times. And then we reached out to our church. They had a counseling department. So we reached out to them and worked with a clinical pastor, I guess, there. And it was okay, but it never stuck. What didn't stick? The consistency of continuing to go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let me ask you what it is that you're actually looking to reconcile. What is the hope for you? What are you trying to actually have answered? I think for me, it's just connection. Having that emotional connection and vulnerability mm-hmm. within my marriage. I think when we talk about emotional availability, we can talk about it whether a person is emotionally available to someone else, whether they are in, in revealing themselves to someone else, whether they are emotionally available to this other person revealing themselves to them. Right. Mm-hmm. So the arrow can go both ways. Right? And then I also think we have to look at what our own emotional availability is with ourselves. And I'm curious about the last one there for you, because I know we can talk about all of these people who have maybe not been emotionally available. Maybe they've been available in hearing some of the stuff that goes on in your life. But when it comes to sharing how they are feeling or connecting with their own experiences, maybe they struggle there. Okay, we can go down that path in a bit. But I am curious about how you would describe yourself being available to your own emotions and what that looks like. In the past, if people ask me, what are my needs? What are my wants? Like that would be very difficult for me to answer because I think just from my family of origin, I had to be the adult in that relationship. And so I feel like my needs and wants weren't really that important. Mm. I mean, I didn't grow up thinking that way, but when I was an adult and started thinking about how I was raised, I really felt like my primary caregiver, when she needed me, she would take me off the shelf. Like I, it was like this whole teddy bear thing. It was like, when you didn't need me, I would be up on the shelf. But as soon as you needed me, you'd take me down, play with me, get what you needed from me, and then put me back on the shelf. What I needed didn't matter. Right. Yeah. Even in the way that you answered it before, when somebody asks me about my needs and wants, and I'm really curious about you asking yourself about your needs and wants, Mm -hmm. like how often does that happen? You know, do you ever check in with yourself? Is there space, right? Is like for you to actually have a connection with your own needs, wants, desires? Does that feel far off for you? Not too far off. I think that it's something I've certainly grown into 
probably over the last couple of years. I recognized in my marriage, I needed to get back in therapy. So I've had a therapist for a couple of years. And I feel like that has been a lifesaver for me is having that person to help guide me through that. It still has been a very slow process though, right? (laughs) So this relationship, I feel like it has really pulled the rug out from under me. I've had a harder time letting go. I've had a harder time reconciling in myself, like, oh my gosh, my mom has been married five times. Is that the trajectory I'm on? Like, am I ever going to heal this? Am I worthy of marriage and having, you know, a person that loves me and is available to me? And those are the things that I question. Mm. Well, how is your partner feeling about the separation? I think that he is very sad, but has also just put his head in the sand. I mean, I think that's a really good example of how he deals with things. It's like, she's going to snap out of it. And Mm. as soon as she does, I'm going to be right here welcoming her back. And I've asked him to go to therapy for himself ask them to, for us to do things together. And it, it doesn't happen. It's hard for him to see the problem. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So when you tell him and share with him what you're experiencing, how does he respond to that? Um, I think now he is getting better at listening and hearing me and actually validating me. I think this is an important piece of our puzzle, but Christmas night, I found out that he had been communicating with another woman and really building up a relationship with her online. I don't believe they met, but they sure had some pretty intense conversations for several months. I think for me, that was like the last, it was like, okay, well, this is it. We're going to take a short break. We'll be right back. Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. I'm curious through reading through the messages if you felt like he was emotionally available in those conversations. Yes, but at a superficial level. I heard him telling the same story to her that he told me, which was, you know what, 
the mother of my children, like he uses that story. It was so eerily similar to how he shared the story with me that really got her, I believe, hooked in. And then he was sharing pictures of trips of him and his brother, but it was also an international trip that I was there with him. But he was sending pictures of his kids. And then he shared with her that he was currently married, but that we were divorcing after the first of the year. We had never talked about that, but he wanted to make sure that she knew that. And if it was a deal breaker, he would understand. And she said it was not a deal breaker. And she said that she had been married three times as well, and that she only considered her first marriage her real marriage. And my partner responded back to her, yes, me too. So I think that was the straw. Uh-huh. Yeah. I'm sure so hard to come across those messages and yeah, and heartbreaking. What do you feel like you are trying to decide? Because I can hear the part of you that is afraid and judgmental of a path you think you might be on? Am I just going down the same path as my mother did? You know, am I going to be married five times too and divorced five times? Like what's happening here? And -hmm. also this part of you that's like, I do really want to experience and believe and trust that I get to be loved and connected to someone in the way that feels important and meaningful to you. But I also experience you kind of talking around the thing a bit. Mm. And I know that we've just met and I know that you're giving me details of your story and that's very important and I'm, I'm grateful to hear those things. And I can also feel the part of you that maybe has a hard time just naming what it is that you are actually trying to figure out because it is going to require something of you. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that resonates with you, but that's my experience of you so far. My observation of this, it's like, oh, are you trying to hang in there so that you're not this person who's been married three times and divorced three times? Are you trying to make this work because the idea of you going down a similar path as your mother is intolerable to you. You know, it's like, I'm Mm -hmm. really curious about what you're like negotiating internally with yourself. And I think having a really clear answer around that would be really helpful for us. I think a lot of what has come up for me in this experience has been just the shame that I am feeling or have in regards to being again in this situation. I think I have an extremely low ability to trust others and trust myself at this point. I don't know that I'm necessarily trying to avoid anything. I just may not be able to see it, if that makes sense. I fully get why trusting yourself might feel hard. Earlier, you also shared that you have a pretty good intuition. Mm -hmm. Those two things oppose 
a little bit, right? And I'm wondering a little bit about how you use and relate to trusting yourself. And, you know, you used this before. You, you talked about how your mom used you as the teddy bear. When she needed you, she picked you up off the shelf. When she didn't need you, she placed you back there. And I'm curious about how you might be doing that with self-trust too. Right? That like you said, you described yourself as a pretty intuitive person. When I hear that, that to me means that I can trust what I'm feeling. I can feel it. I experience something in my body. There's a sensation there. You know, I have an idea of what this means, right? And then what I do with my intuition is I either put it on the shelf or I take it off. Yeah. Right. And I think why you're not trusting yourself is that you maybe put your intuition on the shelf a lot. Yeah. Okay. Tell me what's coming up for you. That I don't trust myself to take action because I'm scared of making a wrong decision or I don't know if I can put into words really how I'm feeling. It's okay. Yeah. You can just feel it. Yeah. Yeah. I know we're talking a lot about the endings of relationships, but I also want to bring the beginnings of relationships into our conversation as well, because I think trusting in our intuition, right, in terms of choosing someone is a part of the equation as well. I know right now we're sort of on this precipice of whether or not you're actually going to divorce your husband or whether the two of you will divorce one another or whether you will stay together. And that's a fine thing for us to be exploring and, you know, being in conversation around. And also, right, like when you said we sort of rushed this, we moved quickly. Am I choosing from a place of what the external is going to look like? Oh, this is great. We can bring our families together. We can have maybe something that I didn't have growing up. Um, I think you were raised by a single mom. You know, so like where you kind of maybe place intuition on the bookshelf in order to get an outcome that sounds or looks nice to you or complete to you, right? And so I, I think that this is a big you know, I can feel the gravity of maybe what I said and its impact on you of like, whoa, you know, like in what ways, yes, I have intuition, but in what ways have I placed it far away from me, not used it, right? And I wonder, you know, about like the beginnings of relationships as well as the decisions around the endings. Was it you or the other person or joint decisions when the past two marriages ended? They were my decisions. Okay. And when you think about the path of how you got to those decisions, is there something that stands out to you? I'm curious about that question as it relates to 
listening to your intuition, trusting yourself, following through on like, you know, I know you said with the second one that it just became so clear when you saw how you were, you know, your anxiety and what you were experiencing was affecting the children, right? Where you're like, okay, that's it. I'm done, right? So that was like really clear, maybe motivated by other in that, yeah, like when we see our kiddos in pain, you know, sometimes that can be a big decision maker for us. Right. But yeah, I'm curious where your intuition and trusting yourself came into play when you made those previous decisions. I think making big decisions like that is very difficult for me. And once I make them, I do trust that those are the right decisions. And then I tend to second guess myself in the first two though i would have to say i was more confident once those decisions were made that i trusted they were the right decisions and with my first husband i would say that it has proven to be true that it was better for us to not stay married we co-parented our children well and i would call him a friend and so i think that situation worked out for the better doesn't mean that it was easy at first. It's very difficult for us to get there, but we got there. And the second one probably took me longer than it should have to get to that point. But I also believe that my faith comes into my decisions. And I certainly don't get married to get divorced. But uh, once I realized it was time, it was time. I left and never looked back, really. Yeah. I think you might say that that was also a really good decision for you ultimately, too. Yes. Right. And so, yeah, both of your marriages and divorces, you know, with a bit of time and space between them, were really good decisions for you when you look back at them. Okay. So we've got this one now in front of us, right? And Yeah, I don't know. You know, you said something around like, oh, kind of like I know what to do. I I don't remember exactly the language you use, but like in listening to your intuition versus choosing not to honor the intuition or maybe follow through on the intuition. I guess the question there is whether that is because you are afraid of being face-to-face with shame whether it is because you hold possibility for change, whether you believe that you and your husband are able to shift some things and co-create and co-collaborate in kind of finding a new rhythm in your relationship, right? Because the way that it is right now sounds like it's not workable for you. On top of finding conversation with this other woman, you know, it's like you don't feel like he has been emotionally available to you. Would he have a complaint of you if he were here? Possibly. He hasn't really shared that with me. But I mean, I feel like I wasn't my best self over the last few years either. You know, I can't imagine how I was feeling inside really brought out the best in me. Mm-hmm. And so I would suspect that he would have a complaint of me but not be able to communicate that. Okay. I have resolved in myself that we are going to get divorced. I feel like we have tried. I've tried 
and that either there is can't or won't change and growth that needs to happen on his side. And maybe it will happen. However, it doesn't seem like he's wanting to do that work. Yeah. I mean, I think based on what you've described, that feels consistent, right? It's like sort of head in the sand and waiting for you to come back around and maybe doesn't see there being much of an issue. And so, yeah. So if there's a resolution that internally for you of, yes, this is in fact what I'm deciding and where I'm headed, what does that leave you with? You know, like, where do you want to go from that place? Because I hold the part of you that's like, I want to be loved and chosen and connected to and have that be something that is, yeah, fulfilling and rewarding that would require you to risk loving again. Right. I think my biggest fear in that whole scenario that you just spoke about is going down this path again and being in the same place. And I feel like that's the work that I still need to do. I really had convinced myself that after my second husband, my goal was to be just do the work that I needed to do to heal you know, myself emotionally, spiritually, physically, financially, all of the above, right? And for my children to also be very well adjusted before I ever got into relationship with someone else. And so I did a lot of work around, I feel like this wound, this worthiness or whatever it is, wound that's inside of me. Um, I really felt like I had worked through that. Mm-hmm. And this relationship really just opened it back up. Let's take one last break. We'll be right back. Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. Want to connect with a family member who doesn't speak your language? Then check out the language learning program Rosetta Stone on desktop or as an app. Rosetta Stone is designed to immerse you in the language you're learning through an intuitive process. Plus, the True Accent feature even gives you feedback on your pronunciation. And with a lifetime membership, you have access to all 25 offered languages. Get started today. Visit rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 to get 50% off your lifetime membership now. That's rosettastone.com backslash pod 50 for 50% off. Well, I think we can work through parts, you know, and I wonder how you would describe what part of that wound you had felt like you had worked through. Do you feel like clear yeah. on that? You know, like what, what in that second marriage you feel like, oh, I did this thing, right? Leaving an abusive relationship is not always an easy thing. I know you had this like catalyst moment that turned something on for you, but it's not 
a walk in the park, right? And so I'm curious because I think there actually might have been something that was resolved in that dynamic. Mm -hmm. Could you describe it? Yes, I would agree with that. I think I did a lot of work of just knowing and understanding my worth. I felt like I didn't need external validation to validate my worthiness. And I felt very secure in that place and very confident. I feel like I've always been this confident, independent, but my relationships kind of shake that up. But I just felt secure. Can I challenge that part? You can. (laughs) All right. So I think there is a path of confidence and independence that comes from survival. Versus a confidence and an independence that is maybe just more integrated. Mm. I have to be confident and independent versus I am. Yeah. And I'm wondering a little because I, I can see that part of you of like, I am a confident, independent woman. And also, Is that you surviving your way through that, right? Like, did I have to become confident? Did I have to become independent? Well, I wonder if we spent some time in your childhood, you know, might we answer that with a yes? (laughs) Absolutely. Uh-huh. That's a resounding yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, jury is not out on that. Yeah. Right. Because one would argue, well, if that's true, right, then the things that are playing out in these dynamics would probably challenge that. And I think there's this shift from surviving our way through to like actually embodying it, right? Mm -hmm. Letting our healing be the motivation as opposed to our survival being the motivation. Tell me how that lands for you. I'm curious how you're receiving it. You know what? I really honestly feel just an overwhelming peace Mm. with that statement. Doesn't necessarily mean that I'm there, but there is a lot of peace in that statement. Mm -hmm. And I do feel like that my confidence and my independence has been a result of having to, in order to survive, instead of truly integrating that healing inside my core. Yeah. That feels important because I think when we use relationships sometimes to try to complete on something, right? Versus coming to a sense of, and when I say completion, I mean that very loosely, right? But like coming to this internal resolution with ourselves, then I think we can choose differently. Because our conversation, we've had to take some twists and turns, I think, to get here, but our conversation is really about you being able to feel confident and secure in your next decision with someone, Mm -hmm. to trust, to lean on your intuition and to trust in your decision-making, that this decision-making is coming from an internally resolved place. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that that is actually clear for you yet, which is okay. I would agree with that. I mean, what I was thinking and right before you said that was, yes, that's where I would love to 
be. Mm-hmm. It's not where I am. Yeah. I don't know how much time you have spent feeling into what it was like to have a single mom who was not super available to you. Don't know if you have spent a lot of time right, connecting to the pain that you carry. That when I look at you, I feel like you've done a pretty good job of like compartmentalizing it and like making sense of certain things and putting it into some boxes and maybe storing it on your own shelf in some way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would agree with that. And the other thing that I would say is that I used to feel a lot of anger toward my mom. Mm-hmm. And I really went through a internal forgiveness toward her because I don't think she really... <laughs> she doesn't acknowledge the pain and everything she drugged me through. Mm -hmm. It's almost like it never really happened. And so this is something I feel like I carry inside of me, but I don't hold any anger toward my mom anymore because it was only hurting me. Mm -hmm. And there was even a time during that, early counseling that I went through working through some of these things internally in regards to my mom I couldn't even call her mom I had to call her by her first name and really just separate myself away from that relationship and re-set some boundaries and so I think today I have a good relationship with my mom she did the best she could and I forgive her for that but I still carry a lot of that pain and it's playing out and continuing to play out in my life. Yeah. I can see and feel the pain and the heaviness and the weight that you carry. And I think, you know, how you describe, like I have forgiven her and I don't have anger towards her and I'm not here to challenge whether you should forgive her or not forgive her, carry anger towards her or not carry anger towards her. But her lack of acknowledging can't be the invitation for your lack of acknowledging. And maybe it feels hard to be able to deeply acknowledge and feel what is there and also maintain a relationship with her. Yeah. Does it? It does. I think that I desire a closer relationship with her, but I realize that she doesn't have the capacity to do that. Yeah. And so I think that's why I seek that in my primary relationship. I want that so bad. It's so hard to have a close relationship with others when we are to some degree, disconnected from our own pain. Yeah. And I think you see the pattern, you know, certainly with with your mom and partners that you've had. But when I talked initially about the different ways of engaging with emotional availability, right, when I pointed to self, We've got a nice full circle moment here (laughs) that we're going to step into, 
Okay. It's that I can't be deeply connected to myself and have a relationship with you, mom. I can't acknowledge and be in the pain of my experience and have a relationship simultaneously with you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Think about that template, right? To be in relationship with you, I need to disconnect from all of me. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And that's exactly how it feels. I mean, I'm currently going through it with my husband. Yeah. Is I felt like I really had to disconnect from me to stay in this relationship and I'm not willing to do that anymore Mm -hmm. but here's what I would encourage having happen next you could fall in love again probably when I say easily, you know, like it can happen, right? And mm-hmm. maybe a few years time because you've historically placed a few years in between relationships, right? So, you know, maybe in a few years time, right, you would open yourself back up to that. And my guess is that you would find someone, whether that's organically or on an app, right? You would find someone and maybe you would be nervous about, oh, shoot, like what am I stepping into? Okay. We have to change the story. The one that you just wrote down. Mm -hmm. I have to disconnect from myself to be in relationship with you. Right? Because what I think needs to happen here is for there to be a really deep connection with self, with your pain with what you went through, connecting and acknowledging and witnessing and honoring and just being in that. And that does not require you to hate your mother. It does not require you to change that, quote unquote, she did the best that she could. You are absolutely allowed to hold grace and compassion for her. You are absolutely allowed to remember the context of her story. That's okay. But when you reject your own so that you can stay connected to her, that sets you up poorly. And so when I say that the story needs to change, right, is that the story would do well if it sounded something like, I can be deeply connected to myself and connected to another. Yeah. To live that, to have that pulsing through you, to have that be a truth in your bones, right? Mm -hmm. Because otherwise you probably do run the risk of in a few years time kind of finding yourself in a similar pattern, right? Because if you don't change out that it is okay for you to be deeply connected to yourself and have closeness with another you'll probably continue to trade those things. Yeah. Right. Wow, that's like revelation to me. Mm. I had never really considered that I was giving up myself to be in relationship with others. 
but absolutely in the in it like even in the relationship my current relationship i realized like i have had to give up things of myself and who i am and you know my core values and beliefs to mm-hmm. be in relationship and i'm not willing to do that anymore but if i don't heal this piece or change this story that i can be deeply connected to myself and be in relationship with someone else. Mm-hmm. It will take more than a declaration. Mm-hmm. I want you to hear that. Yeah. It will take more than a declaration. And I love that you are touching it with possibility. You know, like I think when I say more than declaration, I mean that with your therapist or yeah, like whatever feels like a trusted space for you to begin to deeply connect with yourself is where you can begin. Mm-hmm. Right. And therapy is a beautiful space for that because what happens is you do deeply connect with yourself, right? And then it, with that relationship, that person stays. Mm-hmm. Right. I can do this here and you can still be there. Right. And then maybe, right, you try it out even more and you realize, like, okay, can I still have a relationship with mom? And at times it might feel a little <laughs> crunchy and there might be moments where you're like, oop, I might need a little distance today. And also, this is a push and pull and ebb and flow. And sometimes I can be a little further if I need to be. And then I can move myself in a little closer when the time is okay. Yeah. Or with a dear friend. To feel deeply connected to self. Hey, it really, really hurt when you said that thing. And trust that the friendship can stay. Right? So like beginning to practice some of those things. I think practicing with therapists, if you have a good one, is a great place to start. Practicing with self can also feel sometimes safe and practicing with a really trusted dear friend. I don't know if you have any pets. Sometimes people like to do it with their animals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you're not going anywhere. <laughs> you're really safe for me. But bringing your awareness and attention to that because it cannot just be a declaration. Yeah. In your book, you talk about like there's a meditation that I believe is part of the process, right? Yeah. Of just healing that internal yeah. wound. Yeah. Letting yourself feel, letting yourself grieve, right? That's a huge part of it. But I think you're onto something really beautiful here today. Well, thank you for being here with me. I'm grateful that you shared your story parts of your story with me honored to get to be in conversation with you so thanks for being here thank you like so many beth has to disconnect from herself in order to remain connected to others. She's been doing this for decades with an origin story that we know started with her mom. She doesn't believe that she can be deeply connected with herself and maintain relationships. 
She recognizes that she continues to choose and pursue people who are emotionally unavailable. But the bigger takeaway is that she is the one who's actually emotionally unavailable to herself. The pursuit of emotionally unavailable people is a really common one. Maybe you're familiar with this. But instead of becoming hard on yourself or inviting in frustration, I really want you to invite in curiosity. What does this choice and this behavior serve? What does it protect you from or attempt to protect you from? In Beth's case, choosing emotionally unavailable people allowed her to stay emotionally unavailable with herself, which ultimately meant that if she successfully stayed or stays disconnected from her emotions, she can keep relationships. If she's connected to her emotions, she feels. And when she feels, she's ultimately presented with a choice. The practice of becoming more connected with your own emotions is no easy task. I know this, especially when you've lived an entire life staying away from it. But if this resonates with you, I'd really encourage you to begin a practice of trying to connect with self. But if that feels too big right now, at minimum, I'd encourage you to at least identify what being disconnected from self protects you from. I hope what you heard was helpful. If you like the show, tell your friends and loved ones to listen. It would also mean so much to me if you would rate and review This Keeps Happening on Apple Podcasts. This Keeps Happening is hosted by me, Vienna Farron, with production support from Manola Morales and Anita Flores. Our engineers are Jared O'Connell and Brendan Burns. Our theme music is by Casey Holford. Our managing producer is Tamika Weatherspoon. Our executive producers are Josephine Martirana from Stitcher Studios, Keith O'Connell, and Will Rogers from Soundbite Entertainment. Stitcher. Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. You can start your day off right. When you find a professional on Angie to get your plumbing right first. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that.